What up? This is Yinkadiz. Peace, this is Outlaw. And you listen to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we are doing the long-awaited recap for the winter months. If you've been following the last few podcasts, you will know that due to the transitions, we've just been a little bit behind schedule. So today we're going to try to come back on schedule and we're going to cover it. the winter, which is December, January, and February of you know, 89 94 and 99 and thankfully there's actually not all that much to cover so um <laughs> of course with all the quarterly reports we'll also be covering the stuff that came out uh in in late 2018 and 2019 so we're just gonna get right into it and yeah. in 1989 we've got too short life is too short and this is not his debut but i want to say that this is probably the one that really put him on the map if i'm not mistaken for sure especially outside of the west coast yeah i was looking it up on the on the wikipedia as i was listening to it and this is actually the first time i've listened to this album yeah and first of all i did enjoy it it's got a nice little oak town bump to it and yeah. uh he keeps it real simple but you know he's effective as well and but i was also reading that to date this is his highest selling album Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. That makes sense. I mean, I think it does um, make sense. you know, you look at UGK and Too Short and their mm -hmm. relationship with each other. Yeah. You listen to this album and you're like, oh, I get who UGK <laughs> was influenced by, right? Like this album yeah. is is, a, is like a UGK album. Yeah. For, you know what I mean? Uh, um, so they even redid Life is Too Short, right? On, yeah, on I think the, they did. The, uh, the UGK album that we reviewed for our uh, our tribute. Yes, um, they the did. Double yes, they did. So, or we, we made it a classic, that's right. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, uh, my only, you know, I guess complaint or, or negative thing that I would say in, in how the album has aged is, you know, you got multiple tracks that are over eight minutes. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, dog, I'm not listening to your story anymore. <laughs> After, you know, and I mean, I think that's just the, the ADD of the generation that we're in. Is, I'm not going to listen is. to a story that's longer than five minutes. Like, <laughs> so that would be my only, uh, you know, complaint. But, but yeah, it was good going back and, and going through those songs. Some of those are like West Coast classics. So it was good, yeah. good checking them out again. That's pretty much it for... 1989 uh, at least in this time period there's probably going to be some things uh you know throughout the rest of the year but at least in this quarter that's pretty much the only thing that's worth talking about so right. we can go right on to uh 1994 or rather 1993 we're gonna start off with december so yeah. we've got from ice cube i want to say this is his fourth album correct lethal yep. injection this is released december 7th 1993 and yeah. i've not listened to this album all the way through uh, I listened to the beginning of it and I was actually kind of feeling it, but I was always under the impression that this is when he started to trail off. It's weird because, you know, even looking at these ratings, right, like these ratings are kind of fairly unfavorable. And for a guy coming off of, you know, I think this is, he's one of like two or three artists and, you know, for, forgive me for, for not knowing off the top of my head, mm -hmm. but who had five mic albums, like two five mic albums on the original list, right? So, you know, for a guy who kind of couldn't miss, this was the miss. But I mean, I'm, I, I listened back to it this morning and I was like, this album is actually slamming. Yo. Yeah, I only got through like the first four tracks, five tracks. And I'm like, wait, when does this start getting bad? Right. This is a really good album. Um, I actually really want to get Panama's take on this because he always made mm -hmm. it seem to me that this is when I think he said the Ice Cube just was not as hard on this mm. record, which might be the case. I mean, you got there's some, some yeah, there's some there's some hard there's some gangster here. joints on here for <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, you know the uh, the one about women. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not <laughs> even gonna say the name of the the record, but that's pretty that's pretty hardcore. Ghetto Bird is like a West Coast classic. I think you know 
similar to Batter Ram. I don't know if you're familiar with Batter Ram, but mm-hmm. I feel like Batter Ram is a head anyway. Better M is a, a, a record that came out in the 80s, I believe, um, maybe even late 70s. But it was a, a record from a Compton dope dealer basically talking about, you know, the batter ram, which is the device that you see at the beginning of Straight Outta Compton, right? Yeah, the thing that yeah, they I... used to, to bust in Easy es door. And, it, you know, that kind of became a thing like on the West Coast with like when they were doing raids because it made it so... They could enter people's houses more quickly. So yeah. you, you, if you hear like, like a that's lot what of the you early, want to call that, <laughs> it's more like hear, a demolition, <laughs> right? But if you hear like a lot of the early '90s records, like even the firm one, which we did, they talk a lot about like the police trying to kick in the door and dudes trying to flush the coke before the the cops get there and etc. So the batteram kind of took that entire process away. Like you had no time to hide anything, yeah. run away, nothing. Like when they wanted to get in, they got in. Um, so anyway, Batteram was a record that was really big in Compton. I think it influenced a lot of the, the the quicks and you know a lot of the rappers that we got from Compton later, Dr. Dre, all of them were influenced by Batteram. Ghetto Bird, similarly, I think kind of influenced my generation, like the post Ice Cube generation. Cause mm-hmm. it was like, you know, you, you see these helicopters that kind of fly over the hood. And I think Jay-Z had probably the dopest, you know, one-liner about it where he was talking about Katrina on uh, that album that everybody hates. Which, oh, <laughs> the, the uh, Kingdom the, Come? The, yeah, Kingdom Come, where he said something about um, news cameras flying over, flying over the hood. They came to get the scoop, but they didn't scoop you or some shit like that. Like he yeah. had like a really dope bar about about Katrina. Um, People know, hate on that album, that. but it's got some bangers on there. As it an album, does. it's it's not good, but the songs that are good are yes. really good. Really good, yes. right? It's one of his best intros too with, with the prelude. Like the whole should, like first five or six tracks is is yeah. amazing, yeah, and then it just make it a classic. We could, one. you know what? That's yeah my thoughts entirely all right yeah you know how we do it i i just remember coming to california years later and you know how we do it still being like a record that people bumped on a regular basis it's like it's straight cookout music you know it's (laughs) like you have today was a good day right which Mm -hmm. is is a classic and it's kind of you put it on and you can just chill and it makes you feel good it's got the isley sample i think you know how we do it is the second thing to that in terms of ice cubes catalog like a record you just put it on chill this joint was was dope. Okay. You know, it's like it's like when, you know, KD scores 20 points and they're like, okay, has he lost it? Is he falling off? You know, it's, <laughs> it's like, like uh, he just shot 20. Yeah, <laughs> right, he dropped 20, but it's like, oh, but he averaged 35 points a game. Like I I think this is like a like that kind of moment where people are like, "Oh man, has Ice Cube lost it?" But you go back and listen to this and you're like, "No, he really didn't lose it. He, okay. he was on in my opinion." What were the other two records that were five Mike? Was Predator five Mike? Predator is the one of his first three. That's the one that I enjoy the most is Predator. There's yeah. also Death Certificate and America KKK's Most Wanted. But I'm curious which of those, those actually might have been the two. The two of his first two? Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was his first two because okay. I don't think Predator was a five Mike. I think it was a four and a half or something. I like Predator a lot though. The way that album yeah. starts is like, it goes so hard to me. Yeah. So. But this was the record that they said he fell off. So I think okay. he got five for America's, five for uh, Death certificate and then from there his ratings went down but i think lethal injection he got like a three and a half or something okay i'm gonna have to go back and listen to the whole thing because like i said i started it out and i was like i thought this shit was supposed to be whack i'm just kind of (laughs) go right so all right well speaking of whack albums (laughs) you want to go to the next one uh, is it uh fuji's blended on reality 
So this is released February 1st, 1994, and this is the debut from the Fugees, am I not mistaken? It is. All right. It so is. I listened to this the other day, and it's weird because I don't think that you're wrong, mm -hmm. but at the same time, too, understanding what they ended up achieving on their second album, the score, mm -hmm. you can kind of hear some of the foundations and yeah. blunted on reality, right? I, I think ultimately yeah. this project is very difficult to distinguish itself from any other thing that was kind of released around exactly. that same time. Like it sounds yeah. like a lot of stuff, like going back to listen to this made me actually appreciate the albums that we really do like. And what, mm -hmm. what I like about those albums, when we talk about the ones in this period, you know, we could right. talk about Midnight Marauders, we could talk about 36 Chambers, Ready to right. Die will be coming out, you know, shortly after this, Illmatic. Right. Those albums all sound really different from everything else that's around, that's out at that time. But this project here from the Fugees does not. <laughs> it For does me, not. I call this the Fuji Cypress Hill album, right? Yeah. Like, this <laughs> I like shit that. sounds like a derivative, like yeah. Cypress Hill album, like Cypress Hill, maybe some woo. Like, you're right. Like, it, so it sounds like so many things that are already happening there. And yeah. um, it's interesting. This is kind of like their juvenile hell, right? Like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good point. You can tell that they have some talent there, yeah. but like they haven't found themselves yet. No. What I do kind of like about this album though, is that there are, like I said, there are a few moments where we're like, oh, okay, this beat is, sounds like everything else, but it's actually quite musical. And then there's other aspects where it's like, okay, Wyclef actually brings out his guitar, yeah. but he doesn't go into full swing. And you're like, you know what? Mm. You probably should have trusted that because you yeah. would have had a really good project here. But yeah. You know, I think that they they all made it come together with the with the score, which you know, when that album, when we come back around to do that, obviously we'll be going into that album in depth. I think you can see shades of who they're gonna become mm -hmm. on the Absolutely. Nappy Heads remix, like yeah. at, the, yes. at the end. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like they get Salam and they're all together, and you're like, oh, okay, these motherfuckers. I love that. Yo, that beat is a classic. <laughs> they're gonna get by the it. Way. Yeah, yeah, and and you get the you know the patois ish influences yeah. and things like it's it's kind of that gel of the factors that we love. About the Fugees, yeah. but they're just not quite the Fugees yet. The other thing that was interesting is that when I was listening to this, I kept waiting for the vocab to come on. And there was a song I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is like kind of like the vocab. And then I look at the track listing, it's like, oh no, this is vocab. This just wasn't, I guess they had a, a, the a, radio, a radio single. Yeah. Actually had drums and stuff. <laughs> and and they had the hook. We got the vocab. We got the vocab. The right. Fugees got the. That's not actually on the album. Yeah. They have some other track where it's pretty much just like a guitar beat, no there's drums. A, That's it. There's a version that has the vocab on it. I want to say it was like the UK or Japan, some one of the international okay. versions cuz I remember this CD being that CD being in Tower Records. Like I remember seeing the original one and then seeing one with like all these remixes on it, like vocab remix, Nappy yeah. Head remix, Nappy Head remix, you know, European remix. Like they had like a lot of different remixes on their international versions of this album. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that should wrap it up for 94. And like we said, there's just in this particular time frame, there just aren't too many albums dropping, at least ones that we're going to talk about. So we're going to go right into the next quarterly is about to be full. Yes, yes, this is true, the, the spring springtime. But yeah. uh, we're going to go to 1998, 1999. So uh, in December, December 8th, 1998, we have the third album from Bust of Rhymes, ELE, Extinction Level Event. And you were listening to this right before we started recording. Yeah, and yeah. I mean... I'm going to go ahead and say on record, this is going to be one of those like Shackton's joint where somebody's going to pull this and be like, yo, Yink is, Yink is wild. <laughs> but uh, 
Man, Busta Rhymes might be one of the more underappreciated, like great, great rap artists, like like yeah. of all time. Like, yeah. I mean, we really just don't appreciate how consistently good he's been for for how long he was good. You know, have you heard about this Busta Rhymes project that supposedly is coming out this year? That like everyone says it's amazing. No, nah. it's supposed. So I heard again uh, from okay. Fat Joe. Fat Joe was on the uh, Jalen and Jacoby podcast. Okay. And uh, I don't listen to that all the time, but he happened to be on there. And he was saying that, like, yeah, you know, Busta Rhymes got a project. He got the album of the year coming out, which is the same thing I heard last fall. Supposedly, Busta Rhymes is working on this project that's in fucking insane. I, I want to hear it. He put out that song, Ah, with uh, with Swiss Beats, and that joint was crazy. But I I want to say that was was attached to an album. Maybe it's this album. I don't know. I don't know. So, but that but anyway. eye joint was crazy. Uh, so, but we're talking about but ELE. Anyway. So, yeah. ELE, man, uh, super dope album even back then. But yeah. I think I did not quite appreciate it. And the one thing that made me realize how little I appreciated it is this is the time frame we talked about it a little bit on the last couple episodes where like no limit is kind of doing their thing. Yeah. And so you have like I think Nelly's about to come out soon too. You have like quote unquote real hip hop versus, you know, not real hip hop or whatever yeah. you want to call it, right? So yeah. No Limit is a thing. And at the time, Mystical to me is the one guy on the roster. Maybe Fiend. I also like Fiend, but Mystical is the guy on the roster that that actually had talent, in yeah. my opinion, right? So, you know, you get this mystical feature where it's mystical and busted trading bars. Yeah, that's that shit is crazy, yeah. I remember being on the school bus and us arguing back and forth about like yeah, no, Mystical had a better verse. Who raps faster? I don't know what any of them are saying. I just know it sounds dope as shit. When I went back, Busta is such a technician. He is. On this is. shit where, like, you know, he can rap fast and he can, you know, say, but he he's such a technician. He hits every syllable. He hits every word. And, and they all make sense. And, like, just hearing him back, I'm just like, why was this even a debate? Like, yeah. he's... he's Head and shoulders above execution-wise, above mystical. On well, I mean, he's a he's a better um, rapper. And then additionally, that song's not even a standout on this album. No, it's like not. when when I go back and listen to this as a body of music, that's just like a cool novelty record. It, it's fun, yeah. but there's so much amazing yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Why do the, the, we not play a uh, party is going on no, over here say, today? Yo, in that shit is the club. Was, it's funny because I was listening to this and I was like, man, like. I can't believe that this song has not stayed right. well. The same one with the Janet Jackson tune. I can kind of yeah. understand that. But you're I right. Party is going over on over here. Every single time we go out to the club or whatever and they're warming up, like this should be one of the records that they're right. playing. And then Put I, your hands where my eyes can see gets played. Dangerous yeah. gets played. Why yeah. does Party is going on over here not get played? That shit is amazing. Right, next God, time I'm, I might do a cookout this summer. Next time I, I, I do the cookout, I'm going to throw that on the mix for sure. Yeah. But yo, I love the way this joint starts with knots repping the 757 yeah. gets like the first three tracks and they're all Facts. bangers yo every single one is a banger this yes. album is amazing actually and it's an amazing album from an amazing artist the the name that i always drop in terms of consistency is scarface oh yeah uh but i feel like album wise like bust ah, anarchy 
Anarchy, the one that comes An- after this. Ah. Anarchy's not trash, bro. I'm about to go back and listen to that. On, on, on Anarchy too. I remember, yeah. I remember listening to that and not enjoying it. But uh, there's so many of these projects that I go back to listen to. I appreciate, like, have really aged well. Uh, we yeah. were talking about sound bombing, and the one that we're going to yeah. be talking about after after this, Busta Rhymes, also aged uh-huh. very well. But yeah, your boys Ghost and Ray are on there too. Yes, yes, that yes. Anarchy. But um, the joint with Janet Jackson and that video, I still remember that. The imagery in that it, was crazy. That beat isn't was, that his highest selling uh, single? Probably is. It should be. It's a really good song. And then but the it, one that comes after that, hot shit, making it bounce. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's it's crazy. Busta but is, I, yo. I'm gonna keep it 100 with you though. The 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 reason that song is his best selling is not Busta Rhymes' performance. Oh, at all. is it? Is it? Is it's, it Janet Jackson? It's and, Janet uh, Jackson half naked in, yes. in the music video, turning into liquid. That that is, is yeah, <laughs> propels the sales though. there, buddy. Should, Sorry. Was fire. I mean, that's that's I know a, that's we're a, all about these bars, but let's be honest. Yeah, that's a smart marketing decision. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Hell yeah! They said they paid like two million dollars. This is like back in the hype yes. Williams era. Like yes. they paid mad loot for this this video. That's what was dope though. And it was worth every dollar. Thank yes. you very much, whoever made this video. I don't know if it was hype. But. Yes, thank you for immortalizing <laughs> Janet yet again because right. she's always immortalized. I love it yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Cool. So, so you want to go to the next one? Yeah, another album that I think aged really, really, really well is uh, is actually released on the same date, December 8th, 1998. Uh, yep. From Redman, we have Doc's The Name. Mm. I've been listening to this joint like nonstop the past two days. This shit is so much fun. I need to go back, man. Oh my god, it's not really about much. It's just like he's a damn fool, and he's the best yeah. damn fool that hip hop has to offer. This yeah. album is great, yo. Once upon a time up in Jersey, yo, yo. I damn near had to wreck a hoe. Yo, I knocked on her toe. <laughs> Who is it? It's phone doc. Here to pay a little visit to you. Yo, this dude is so much fun. So, so much fun. I love this record. first Redman album that when it came out, I was enough of, you know, into the culture that like I really, really sat with it and really enjoyed it and understood it. Yeah. And I remember making the decision. This is around the time, like we said, we had CDs and tapes. I bought this on tape. Okay. And that was a good decision for a couple of reasons. Yeah. Reason number one, I think Redman, especially in this era, and, and even Eric Sermon and some of them, they had a really, really good understanding of the warmth of analog and what that does to funk music. Okay. And because of what they sample and the way they mix their records, I think Redman albums sound better on tape than they do on CD a lot of times. Interesting. Okay. So I had this Redman album on tape. The other th- thing about having a tape is it typically makes you listen to shit that you would probably skip. So this is true. I've heard this shit in entirety mad times. Um, the videos were super creative. We talk about Busta as somebody oh who's a God. creative genius. Yo, with that, these videos. that first one, Missy, I'll of be course. that. Yeah, that I'll be that video. I'll never forget too. it coming out and everybody in school talking about the girl flipping off yes. the bike. Yeah, the scene where she looks away. Yo, that's that that's amazing. That that that, that video yeah. was amazing. Super cartoonish. The goodness. Oh yes, the goodness. Yeah, for the sure. The goodness and that video. The, that was the video I talked about on another episode of the podcast where they they select themselves as characters in a game. Yeah, and yeah, you, yeah, while yeah. You're watching them go through the game. But Redman is a genius, and I really, really like this album. This is another underrated album, I would say. Yeah, this doesn't get talked about on the pantheon of Redman albums. No, and it should. I remember I was listening to this, and 
you know, I, I listened to this back in the day quite a bit, but I think that there were songs that I skipped. And I'm listening to it, like I said, the past two days, and I'm like, why did I skip this track? This yeah. track is amazing. Like, especially yeah. as it get towards uh, towards the end of, I think it's um, like the Superman Lover or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the... Um, Oh, the one was right before that, like the Brick something. Brick City Mashing. Yes, Brick City Mashing. Yeah, yes. that shit is fire. Yes. I, yo, like, I used to spin that when I lived in uh, when I lived abroad, and they oh loved that that joint overseas. Brick City Mashing. This record is so good, and it is. Yeah, it's shallow. It's weird. It's like it's shallow, but it's not shallow at the same time. Like this is just like, look, <clears throat> you're just hanging out. You just want to have fun. This album is great. This album to me is like watching a Saturday morning cartoon. Like, but like a, a ghetto Saturday morning cartoon. Sure, sure. Like, it's amazing. Like, I obviously I grew up watching Saturday morning cartoons, so it's not that's not a slight at all. It, it's super entertaining and enjoyable. I love this album. And recently, I went back to actually listen to all of uh, Redman's projects from before this, and I think mm-hmm. that this record is without a doubt the best one that incorporates the W fuck all y'all radio. <laughs> like every single skit on here yeah. is worth listening to. Um, they have the one where the guy loses like his, his satellite van gets stolen. Uh, he's got like the Seinfeld impression. There's like the, the, the million chicken head march. Um, <laughs> yeah. This shit is mad ignorant. Oh, you know? but every single one of them, I was just laughing. Yo, the so. funniest thing about a lot of the skits is I didn't realize that uh, Roz was, was, was Redman's sister. Oh. You know that like the chick that's on half the skits yeah, is his yeah, sister. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's okay. hilarious. That's funny. Yeah. I think that should wrap it up for Doc's name though. Yeah. So uh December 15th, uh, 1998, we have the debut from DJ Clue. DJ Clue, new shit. Minority. <laughs> uh the professional. And the this professional, one got really shitty 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 reviews, like awful really? reviews. When I was looking at the Wikipedia for this, okay. it's like a two and a half. You know, what? like it's it's bad. But I was when I was listening to the record, I was like, uh, these got some joints on here. Like I don't know why it's so poorly rated. This joint is kind of nice. This album was groundbreaking. Okay, bro. like all right. I, for I mean, at least for, I mean, I guess we were in the same we were in the same place. Yeah, right? but I didn't listen to this when it came out though. Oh man, I didn't. But Did I? but what? but I'm listening to it now, and I'm like, uh, this joint kind of goes hard. Yeah, man. This is so. This is maybe not the first time. But this is one of the few times in music around me where, like, you have a record that, like, hits a fever pitch and then a remix comes out and just erases it. Like, Rough Riders Anthem was already the shit. Yeah. Everybody was talking about Rough Riders Anthem. It was everywhere. People were wilding, you know, loved the video, the whole nine. Rough Riders Anthem remix came out mm-hmm. and it propelled this album to, like... I mean, everybody had this album, and everybody knew that song. And when DJs DJed, they couldn't even play Rough Riders Anthem anymore. Like yeah. now that time has passed, we play we play Rough Riders Anthem the original again as DJs. But back then, yo, you had to play Rough Riders Anthem. We had to hear Eve get her bars off. Of course, like, of course. you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, the locks on here. Yeah, and it, and it kind of it it made their crew a legitimate crew. I would agree. Because I feel like we 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 heard Rough Riders Anthem and we loved it, but I personally didn't know that Rough Riders was really a thing. I did not either. And then this song comes out and it's like, oh, there's these other people. This is my first time hearing Drag On. I'm like, oh, yeah. Drag On's... A, I mean, I heard him on the album. It's Dark and Hell is Hot. But um, Drag On, oh, that's a guy that is in the Rough Riders. Like, all of those pieces kind of came together. And another thing that they were doing at this time frame was... um. I feel like every compilation was giving DMX two records. 
Yeah, he definitely had more than one record. And on here. he killed both records. Like Ja Rule's you know, on here so. twice too, isn't he? He has his own it's, record, and he's also featured with Jay Z. That joint, that joint yeah. goes hard, y'all. The, yeah. the Jay Z Ja Rule joint. Got the gangsta gangsta. Yes, shit. yes, yeah. that's, that's so, a dope record right there. But what I will say about this album is it's super front loaded. Sure. Um, the, you know, the first like four or five out the gate are crazy, but then like. Man, there's some throwaway records here. There's a throwaway sure. Missy record. There's a throwaway Mace record. There's throwaway Jermaine Dupri record. There's a fabulous trying to be Mace, but I still throw it away. Here's the thing, though. I did not listen to that Fab record at the time. So going back to listen to it, yeah. I appreciated it for what it was. I was like, oh, is this the first time we hear Fabulous? Yeah. Because it was his, I, his Fabulous Sport. Sport, exactly. That, like, what is that? I remember at the time being like, who is this guy trying to be Mace? But he's on the mean? same track yeah. with Mace. That's the funny thing about and then he's on it. And he has his own one. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm talking about the one that's yeah, it was yeah. his own solo record. But you could tell, you know, Clue's trying to decide kind of what the image of Fabulous is going to be. And I mean, to be honest, right. <laughs> they didn't stray that far from, from what Mace no. was <laughs> no. in terms of his public persona. But um, but yeah, like there's there's other records in here that I, I really loved, like um. Raekwon's record I loved mm -hmm. um, still love that beat yeah. is amazing mm -hmm. um, the Mob Deep record on here is amazing yeah um, and then I, I enjoyed the, the MOP record but I just yeah. generally enjoy MOP okay so. yeah I'm not as I'm not as big on MOP so oh uh, okay and yeah. then I, I actually liked the It's My Thing um, joint just because you know oh with the the EPMD joint with the EPMD yes, sample that joint goes and I think it taught me some lessons because mind you you know it's 98 so I'm, yes. I'm on my hip hop academia shit but I've only been on it for, for less than a year probably yeah. at this point in time right so I know this sample as ain't no nigga yeah and then I hear it as it's my thing 99 and then it makes me go back to hear it's my thing and right. then I get into EPMD as a result of that so exactly you know I like it kind of helped my hip-hop education you want to talk about Fantastic Four though sure I mean you know well are there four MCs on there or are there five there's four right yeah there should only be three on there <laughs> wait who, I, mean, who, 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 I think they're low-key I would almost say there should be two but all right well obviously you got you got big pun and uh and cannabis those are the two heavyweights and then i think cameron holds his own who the hell want to battle the ill mathematical my right. motherfucking brain is ibm compatible Patible, yeah. <laughs> that shit that shit goes yo yo he said ready or not like the fuji's cruzby stepping to me but i wipe them all out like booty i'm so unruly <laughs> police don't say nothing to me doesn't matter whether they on or off duty yo he murders this right cannabis but, um, was murdering every feature back in the Facts, but Cameron would uh, they lick my balls after I play ball. I don't wash them or nothing. Hear what I say, y'all? Okay, y'all. Nah, bro, he was trash on this shit. Listening to this record again because I've heard this song before. Listening yeah. to it again just makes me lament the fact that cannabis was not featured on Capital Punishment. You know, yeah. we we spoke about yeah. it when we did the Capital Punishment tribute, but the right. um, the fact that he's not featured on Dream Shatterer, that's the one uh, where yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah, telling yeah, you and Carlos yeah, that yeah. cannabis uh -huh. absolutely needed to be on that record. Yeah, he would have murdered that. And Even uh, just a remix, he would have he killed it. Yeah, but I mean, like, change it from Dream, Dream Shatterer to Dream Shatterer, the cannabis yeah. and that. Anyway, but yeah, it's just like those two in particular, something mm -hmm. about their chemistry, yep. it just... <sighs> Yeah, because this is not the only only time they've been on the mic together, is it? I don't think so. 
I think there's like two two records. Okay, because um, maybe it's, I've just seen I've seen them freestyle before, but yeah, you saw that freestyle with John Forte and all. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But I just I just feel like these were the two that really needed to be on like yep. as many tracks as possible with each other. Generational talents, exactly, right? you know? yeah. exactly. And it's just unfortunate that we didn't get more collaborations. So yeah. The other thing that was interesting here, um, and that, you know, salute me or shoot me, but right. So DJ Clue kind of is putting on for Queens, and then he. You know, he kind of gives like a little queen section of the album and literally every song is not that good. Like <laughs> Nas comes here and delivers us a, a dud. Right. Yeah. And then Nature, who I absolutely love and think is super underrated, gives us like a eh. And it's I, a Cormega, I like it. re- Cormega record on there too, right? Yeah, Cormega record on here. Like it's just most of the Queen's records on here are not that great other than the Mob Deep one. He should have had Coogee Rap on there too. I did like, though, what Nature was talking about on the show. He said, I got a bitch to buy me clothes, a bitch to buy me clothes. He said something about a bitch that can't cook to stay burning sloppy joes or some <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> I thought his, his uh, subject matter was funny, but uh, that song was kind of a throwaway song to me. Okay. Uh, so uh, so next, we have uh, released December 22nd, DMX, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. Which right. we spoke a little bit about this album back when we did the Dark and It's Dark and Hell is Hot tribute. Right. But um, you and I actually thought this album was probably a little bit better than his debut, right? Um, in hindsight, probably. Yeah. But um, you know, I mean, they're both just amazing, amazing albums, right? Yeah. Like, um, it's crazy anyway, that he on. released two albums in the same year. Two like, albums at, at the, the same time year. that was not common two of the best selling albums in yeah. the same year you know dmx is huge back then they said man. this joint did six hundred and seventy thousand units in its first week that's fucking insane yeah this yeah. dude was a fucking rock star um look i understand it maybe maybe folks who uh some of our, our younger listeners who weren't as familiar with music back then they might see that you know their favorite artists now are putting out projects all the time but like that just did not happen back exactly. in the 90s you know if you were lucky you got them to drop a project every year if you were lucky yeah, but really it was more like you know once every other year once every other three years was was, was standard like jay-z <laughs> was got to the point where he was releasing them every single year right but he you know we, we kind of got used to that because we also knew he was doing it from a business point of view but right. that just you know for dmx to, to drop his debut in may and then drop again in december like that's yeah that's crazy you know it sounds like he was just he was just like a, like a studio rat he was just running around and and, and just you know dropping as much as possible well, he was, trying, he was trying to be tupac, tupac. Yeah, that exactly. Tupac like work ethic, yeah. But um, it's crazy that this album is also so good and coming right after it because you know another example where we have this in hip hop history, right? Um, and I feel like I'm saying all the unpopular things, but that's fine. You know, Nas drops "I Am," and "I Am" is supposed to be a double disc, and Nas decides not to make it a double disc, and instead he puts Smart. out "Nostradamus," <laughs> and it's a fucking dud, right? Well, so like, uh, Nas "I Am" isn't all that much better. Yeah, well, yeah, we can we could definitely go down that <laughs> rabbit hole, bro, because I'm I'm 100 with you. It's funny, a lot of people in our age group, "I Am" is the album that they they kind of came on board as big sure. Nas fans, especially a lot of the ladies that I know that are Nas fans. Yeah, okay, um, they came on board on the "I Am" album, and they will fight you tooth and nail to say that you know 
his it's collaboration got, with Aaliyah or whatever is, oh, yeah. is a classic. And I'm just like, mm. he, the thing is, is that we will have to talk about that, but we'll actually talk <laughs> about that album. Uh, either we'll do a make it a classic or we'll talk about it in the spring tribute. But yeah. like, it's got like five or six tracks that are really good and everything mm. else is like really bad. Like there's no yeah, middle some, ground. It's either amazing terrible, exactly. or it's garbage. Like Nas is like is a top five, like Nas Yo. record, right? But then there's stuff on there that's like so trash. He's got the track Always Survive. He's got the track yeah. Even With Puffy Hate Me Now. The track yeah. with Scarface. Yeah. Uh, and the, the premiere record to start it off, the, the mm. New York State of Mind, like part two or whatever. Two. Yeah. All dope tracks. Everything else is like, is oh like my trash. God. Anyway, right. anyway, let's not, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll litigate that later. <laughs> Remember Dr. Knockboot? And he released that as a single. Anyway, all right. So, so, so back to back to Flesh of My Flesh. This is a really dope album. I remember records like It's All Good, It's, it's All Right, right. Fuck all like day. just Fuck bumping. All night. Yeah, yeah. Um, slipping to me is still a top five uh, uh, DMX record. I, I was never into it, but I respect it. It's a good song, even though I'm just not a fan of it. It's so ill. Yeah, that's the what one else? that he uh, he he sang the the hook to that uh, at one of his court dates, right? His court hearings. Oh, did he? Yeah, he sang it. To, he, I think he sang that song to the judge just to try to get some leniency on his sentence or something like that. I don't know. I mean, hey, but you, know, you gotta gotta pull every single card you got in the deck. One but, of the uh, things that he does uh, when he performs live a lot of times is he'll he'll bring down the lights at the end of his set and he'll do slip. He'll put get everybody to put their lighter or their phone up. And then he'll do slipping, um, and he really gets in his bag with that. Well, that's cool. Um, another record that off this joint that doesn't really get talked about that much anymore, but you know I'm a posse cut guy or whatever is Blackout. Right. I'll never forget Jada's verse on there. I used to have bad luck. Now you might see me in a jag truck, mad stuck, either with a dime or a bad duck. Murders a joint. Jay's yeah. on it. Jay, like, Jada had a lot of good features around this time. Yeah, I think this yeah, is. Man. I think we we spoke about this a little bit on the Locks album, the debut, yeah. where you could tell that Jada had talent, but he wasn't really in it like that, you know. Right. And then I think around this time we're starting to be like, yo. Jada Doug, got bars, yo. Jada's Tracy McGrady, right? Like, <laughs> okay, like, right. J- like Jada's like a guy that just like, in his period of being good, he was amazing. Yeah. Like, like his peak yo, is he's still nice now. Incredible, yeah. He still like, got bars, yo. We wanted him to do more. That's you know, fair. like we, we never, we never really got like that kind of character development to give us like a full kind of body of work and a full understanding of Jada. Yeah. But the stuff that we got is so amazing, and his collaborative stuff, like you said, during this time frame, he was murdering everything. Yeah, I can't sleep on Jada though. Uh, yeah. Today, I've listened to some of his stuff today, and he still has bars. <sighs> If you ain't gonna kill him, let him keep it if he old. Niggas know that the OG can G-O. Yeah, but my heart's in a good place and the money's so old it's starting to look fake. And the hood turned into a garden with good snakes. I just need a getaway car with good brakes. I do it for the mercy of God and good grace. Even when the times was hard like good bass. I did shit they ain't do. I was balling four lines or was AAU. Had to tech with the Nazu or AK-2. It's crazy how you love them and they hate you. Learn as you go. 
go. Bridges get burned as you grow. Everybody get they turn on the low. Whatever you do, stand firm like a pro. When the dirt turn into mud, the worms gon' show. Chance of the risk it. These is diamonds you can't get from the district. Classic kiss shit. If you can't relate, you should go on and skip this. If this so, you feel it like a torn meniscus. Sometimes you lose friends over business. Jacob vouch for that, Jehovah Witness. <laughs> But I'm a monster from Yonkers, and I ain't play games. If I did, it was contra. Yeah. Like a lot. So yeah. I, I still got to give props to Jada. I think, though, you know, he's not, he's definitely not as bad as Fabulous, but, you know, he's somebody who kind of has continued to do the same thing sure. throughout and, and, sure. and not, with very little development. I think personally, he's at his best, he's, he's better than Fabulous. That, that may not be a, a popular take. Mm, I but, would agree um, with you. Yeah, but but uh, we wanted more from him, and and maybe I think he's kind of somebody who's a better group member and collaborator than solo artist. Maybe, maybe. But yeah. So anything else about the DMX album? Dude, everything. Like I remember, you know, my niggas. That was that yeah. was that was huge. I like that track. Uh, bring your whole crew. Like this was this was around the time i think i took like a weight training class or something at oakton <laughs> high school right you know skinny ass basketball player kid and this was the record that was always on in the gym like okay. so you know there's so many records here that just have so much energy um you know keep your shit the hardest was fire yeah. um, <laughs> it's all good i mentioned I thought that you know him keeping the, the whole Damien theme and bringing in Marilyn Manson was was a smart play, mm -hmm. especially but when I, I didn't. Marilyn Manson was really big. Yeah, but it, it, it the record itself didn't do it do anything for me personally. I liked No Love for me at the time. So I mean, yeah, I mean this is just right down the middle DMX album. Like mm -hmm. this, this is dope. I like. Yeah, it. I, I think it's his best project. So. Oh. Yeah. That's interesting. I have to think. Go back and think about that. I have respect for It's Dark and Hell is Hot. And like mm -hmm. we, we talked about this ad nauseum when we did the right. tribute. But I went back to listen to it. And I'm like, yo, this album did not age well at all. I yeah. just don't think it was very good. Whereas I listened to Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood, something mm -hmm. that I wasn't really into at the time. But I can go mm -hmm. back and I'm like, oh, yo, yeah, this shit was all right. I'd say the moments on It's Dark and Hell is Hot sure. are, are better, right? No like there, like there's, no there's, doubt. there's two or three tracks there that are way better than anything on Flesh, yeah. but as an overall body of work, Flesh is better. Yeah. yeah. All right, so the last one we have to wrap up uh, the winter of 1999, released February 23rd, we have Things Fall Apart from the Roots. And this is an album that ordinarily I would have wanted to do a tribute for, okay. but we just kind of ran out of time. Um, yeah. I could talk about this album all day. I think that in terms of their earlier pantheon of, 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 of work or their early catalog, okay. basically anything before, you know, rising down or whatever. Um, I think that this is probably the best project. And I think a lot of fans of The Roots would probably say the same thing. But the thing I always go back to, especially like when people talk about real hip hop, right? Um, and I think around the mid, I, I guess around like 2002, 2003, when I kind of started to transition just out of hip hop in general. But I remember around that time when people would talk about like, oh, you know, the roots is real hip hop, this, that, and the other. And, yeah. you know, these people like Cash Money or Nelly, like they're talking about, you know, cars and jewels and whatever. Like yep. they're not talking about anything. But I'm like, you know what? That stuff that supposedly isn't talking about anything actually has a subject matter. Whereas if you go back and you listen to this album, 
despite the imagery on all the different album covers because there was like five or six dope album covers that they had despite you know a very very dope name for an album there may be two or three tracks that actually have a subject matter the rest (laughs) have none i love black thought i love the roots i love this album it is so fun to listen to but without a doubt, Black Thought is not talking about a damn thing for 85% of this record. And I don't really care. I don't yeah. care. I'm not, that's not a knock. It's just that yeah. when people talk about like, oh, you gotta talk about that real shit. If you know, this is one of the albums that they talk about, you know, oh, he's talking about some real shit. No, he's not. And in fact, if you go across the board, a lot of other the a lot of the other MCs in this lane. It's the same shit. Like, they're just rapping to rap. And I love it. I love it. They got bars. But I'm like... I think think you're right, right? This is like peak rapping about rapping yeah right and 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 And, and black thought does it great Tariq trotter is is right one of the goats of rapping about rapping yes absolutely is that is his lane and he has mastered that um but uh you know the uh, the other kind of interesting and really cool thing to highlight here right is this is also the time frame where these folks are well more quest love than than everyone else but these folks are a part of cr- the creation of Neo Soul, yeah. and it's happening. It's happening in real time, and it's happening before our eyes, right? Yes. So, so you know, the record that becomes huge off of here features Erica Badu, yes. but originally featured Jill Scott, mm-hmm. right? And the label makes a decision to say we want this to go, and so Jill Scott doesn't have the yeah. physical appearance and well, the she- mainstream appeal that we feel she needs to have. To sell this. She doesn't come out until the next year. I think in 2000 is when her record comes out. Yeah, but she still recorded the original. No, no, I'm song. saying I'm I'm, yeah. I'm agreeing with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that she didn't have the prestige yet. Right. Yeah. She didn't have the the prestige, but but also though they said specifically said though that like she didn't have the look or, or whatever that they were looking for to sell yeah, the song, and so they they go and they get Erica Badu. But that's interesting also because, as you're saying, Jill Scott is coming. You know, um, Erica yeah. Badu, you know, Mama's Gun is is, is next year. D'Angelo Voodoo is next year. We talked about how... We're going to talk about those records, we, too. We talk, I know we keep yeah. it hip-hop, but we talk about those we records. We talked about how <laughs> Quest, you know, Quest was having internal conflict with his group while working on this because yeah. they're like, yo, you keep disappearing to work on this D'Angelo album. Like, what the fuck? And he's like, this is my passion project. So... You know, yeah. I think I think when you think about this album, even though there is a lot of rapping about rapping on it, when you think about yeah. this album in the context of the greater movement that it's a part of, it makes it yeah. that much more amazing, you know? I think though that what really made this album strong mm-hmm. were was a lot of the production work by Scott Storch. Yeah. Because this is before I think this is the last album where Scott Storch was a part of the roots. Uh-huh. And you can definitely tell that he did his work on here also. This record has one of my favorite Jay Dillard joints on here. The um, uh, uh, the Dynamite record. Oh yeah, that record just man. I mean, it's just a cool, chill. Just the joint just goes. I also remember hearing um, Beanie Siegel on Adrenaline, and at this point in time, this is when I'm really starting to get into Beanie Siegel, and I feel like Eva's on this record too. I think she is. Um, she's on the. You got me. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, that's right. That's um, right. But uh, but so to hear Siegel, you know, like I felt like he was kind of killing all of his guest appearances. And, and then this mm. is just like yet another one where he kind of comes in and, and just murders it. I also think that the the clip that they used as the intro to this album was was really, really dope because yeah. because it really it really captures 
who the roots were in terms of where they fit in hip hop at the time. So I don't know if you want to, you know, you have thoughts on that. Yeah, it's from the the Mo Better Blues, and it's right. when Denzel's having Denzel's character is having the conversation with uh, Wesley Snipes' character, and essentially, you know, Denzel is the guy who's trying to be, you know, the purest, mm-hmm. and Wesley Snipes is like, look, you know, you got to play with the people like. Right. And the funny thing is, I, I think that at the time when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes you tend to be a little bit more binary and so you can go into one lane or the other but the truth is is it like I love conflicts like this yeah. where there's really no right answer yeah. right you do need to have an appreciation for the music and the art form mm-hmm. but at the same time too if you're not entertaining people mm-hmm. what kind of is the point exactly. now obviously the way it plays out in the movie and in this this intro right. is it's very two very extreme points of view right. but 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 they're not like really it's it's Yo, the, you it's know so the, crazy. the music is like the the harmony of how that works yeah. you know how you balance the two. I feel like as a as an artist who you know as you know I like posse cuts and album yeah. album cuts and you know it's definitely I think an internal conflict that most artists that consider themselves musicians have. Mm-hmm. And he Questlove talks about it actually in the Mo Mo Meta Blues. Uh, book that that i told you about that he wrote um which i think is an amazing book so if anybody hasn't read it definitely check it out but he talks about how they had a manager at the time and the manager's like look if these motherfuckers want to hear twinkle twinkle little star play that shit right and yeah. quest and and you know and a thought are like <laughs> no like we're like we're this real hip-hop shit like we gotta do this we gotta do that and he talks about how it leads them to essentially they end up moving to the UK, which you know about that piece of their story, and living above a shop that sold like falafel and fries or some shit like that, right? And they're like broke, like they have no money. And their tour manager's like, yo, like you guys just need to, you guys need to just play what people want to hear, you know? And so this is like a legit kind of internal conflict that they had um, to, yeah. to identify who they were going to be. And I honestly think of all the, and I mean, there, there aren't many, but of all the like kind of hip hop bandy people we have, I think they figured it out the best. If you go, if yeah. you ever go and see them live now, like I remember going to see them live. Oh, Roots show is, is dope. Right. It's always dope. I, so I saw them live our first, my first year uh, of college. So that would have been mm-hmm. what, 2002, right? 2002. Yeah. It was Freeway. Yeah. It was Freeway. Oh, it was Ludacris and Freeway, and then the next concert after that that we had at JPJ was was The Roots. Um, yeah, I went to both of those. Okay, yeah, like why? Yeah. So I remember seeing The Roots there, and and they, they killed it. They always do. Yeah. But then I went and saw them after I graduated from UVA. They did a show at the Hollywood Bowl um, in LA, and I was I had moved okay. back to LA at the time, and um, I remember at the time the biggest record in the world was This Is Why We Hot. This is why I'm hot or whatever. The Mims, the yeah. Mims one hit wonder dude, right? Yeah. Where with the remix with the, the yeah, reggae, with the reggae remix. Way better than so, the actual, but go ahead. So they're they're doing their show and they're killing it, right? And I, I remember them killing it, but at some point in time the band starts playing This Is Why I'm Hot. And then okay. Black Thought jumps to the front and he starts doing a freestyle or or a free verse or whatever over This Is Why I'm Hot. And he murders yeah. it and the whole crowd's going crazy. Now, I remember the moment about This Is Why I'm Hot. I don't remember. That's the one moment of the concert that I remember. Yeah. So I say that I to say, saying. right, like, like this is a, a band that I'm a fan of. I like their music. I like their album cuts, etc. But, like, 
I still remember the moment that entertained everybody by just giving people what they wanted, which was a, yeah. a, a record, a melody that everybody knows and is familiar with, and then you kind of giving your own take on it. And I think yeah. they've learned that, you know, now becoming also a house band for a late night show, etc. Yeah. They've really learned how to incorporate, like, give the people what they want, but also bring your uniqueness and creativity to the table. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they're they're true artists, they're true musicians, and they're the types of folks that, you know, if they're 60, 70 years old and they want to make music, there's going to be people who are going to listen to it. And to me, that more than anything else is how I define a musical artist. I agree. Is somebody who, even if you don't release anything for 20 or 30 years, like Lauryn Hill, if Lauryn Hill were to come out with an album 20 years from now, there's going to be people who are going to listen to it. Or like D'Angelo, right? Like D'Angelo disappeared for fucking five, ten years. Like when the next joint comes, dog. I'm standing right there in line in the rain to buy the next one. <laughs> but, you know, can Post Malone do something in 30 years? I would think not. Yeah. All these, you know, little SoundCloud, Takashi 6 9 whatever, I, I doubt it. Yeah. But these true innovators yeah. who made something that was relevant at the time yeah. but also stood apart from all the other yeah. music, kind of like what we talked about, yeah, they, they can continue to grow, continue to progress, and continue to generate music. Speaking of legacy in that way, because I feel like in some way you kind of shitted on like the, the newer generation versus the older generation. I'm just talking about certain artists. I would love to see how Katranata develops sure. later on down the line and what comes of that, right? Because Katranata was obviously influenced by Jay Dilla, right? So yeah. it'd be interesting to hear the generation of, of producers and artists that are influenced by Katranata. Because I feel like his music is that transcendental. There's going to be a plethora of artists who are coming out now who will continue to make good music. Yeah. I mean, I think that J. Cole has gotten into that oh, yeah. a little bit. Um, Kendrick Lamar can do that. Anderson Pac can do that. Uh, you know, Bruno Mars might even be able to do that. Miguel will definitely oh, be able so. to do that. Yeah. So there's definitely a lot of artists who can. I'm just talking yeah, about the yeah, ones no, who are really like dominating the charts yeah, now. A lot of them. 20 years from now, when their fans grow up, they're going to be like, what the fuck was I listening <laughs> right. to? Right. Like, they're going to be like, I had a Post Malone phase. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like I was talking to, I was talking with someone in my office, and he's like, "Yeah, I had a future phase in college." I'm like, "Dude, you just graduated from college." He's like, "Yeah, I know." It's like, "Wow." Yo, future is wow. a phase. But- <laughs> I feel like everything out now is is basically future. Like all these little niggas are just doing Maybe. future impressions. Well. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that because uh, we're going to do the, the stuff that came out in 2019. But I just want to wrap up real quick with the things fall apart. Uh-huh. Last thing we have to mention is uh, some of the features on here. You yeah. mentioned the Philly ones. Right. But also you have Most Def with the Double for Trouble sure, feature, sure. which is like every single time that record comes on, I just I have a huge smile on my face. It's just got such great positive energy. Yeah. And then also the, the love of my life joint he has with Common. Mm-hmm. That's a really dope feature as definitely, well. So definitely. All right. So that should wrap up all the throwback stuff. So we wrapped up, you know, 89, 94, 99. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to get into the stuff that just came out, the 2018 and 2019. And shit about to get real spotty for me, bro. Spotty for me, too. I actually <laughs> did spend some time listening to some things. And look, if you guys did listen to albums that were released around this time and we didn't mention it, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I have a life. <laughs> so. That's all I could say. Yeah. All right. So did, did you listen to anything uh, in, in December? Man. Like Ice Cube came out with an album? I, I didn't listen Nothing to like that. that. No, but, but I'm going to be honest with you, man. 
it's been a while since I've listened to an Ice Cube album. I don't like the shit he's been putting out in the last, you know, five, ten, whatever years, to be honest. I'm, I'm not really a big fan of it. Okay. Well, I actually did spend some time to listen to some of these albums. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, Extentation came out. I didn't listen to that. Yeah. Vic Mensa, Kodak Black had projects. I didn't listen yeah, to those. But I did listen to Gucci Mane, Evil Genius. Okay. Is it is it indeed genius? Uh, well, I wouldn't call it genius, but you know how fucks with Gucci, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's got some joints on here that I kind of like. Okay. Um, I'm not going to go through it track for track, but um, he's definitely got some joints on here that I was fucking with. Mm. The one that I'm going to talk a little bit more extensively about is this uh, Method Man Meth Lab 2 Season 2. Okay. How'd that come out? Method Man does something where, you know, we talked before, we just finished talking about artists who, you know, they can continue to make music. Mm-hmm. Method Man is one of those as well. Like he's a legend of the game. He can continue to make music. And what he's done here is he's doing something that a lot of these old school cats are doing Mm -hmm. where they're kind of incorporating the trap beats a little bit, but it's not necessarily like a trap bounce, Mm -hmm. even though it's reminiscent of trap a little bit, but it's still kind of like a, you know, a hip hop bop to it. So you're talking about like, like a break beat stacked with like a snare roll or like. Yeah. Yeah. And still, you still have some of the 808s and things like that, but he still has his quintessential flow. And I don't think it's as good as it used to be, but he still has some bars on here. He's got this record, uh, which you need to check out. I think it's produced by Dame Grease called Grand Prix. It's like a quick, quick, like two or three minute track. That joint goes hard. He's got a few of them joints on there. But yeah, I I listened to that. I listened to it a couple times, actually. And I was like, okay, I'm glad that you're still putting out music. In fact, I would venture to say that this stuff that he's putting out now is better than the stuff that he was putting out post to Cal 2000. No, because he he had like the prequel record and he had some other tracks that were just like, dude, what are you doing? It's funny. I, I think that at the time then, he was one of the people who was struggling to deliver his own voice because yeah. at that time there's pressure on an artist mm-hmm. to stay ahead of the trends yeah. to set the trends yeah. and Method Man and Wu-Tang in general had lost that the only MC in that group who hadn't lost it was Ghostface right, Killer right. right which is surprising we keep talking about that mm-hmm. but I think that now there's less pressure on Method Man to set the trends he doesn't have to he could just come out with dope shit yeah. And I think that it's now it's in an era where it's like, hey, look, we're all listening to we're all used to listening to this trap music. So he gives us something with that flavor. But it's like, yo, you, you love the old 90s hip hop. We got that for you. Okay. And, and I fuck with it. So I, yeah. I, I like this project a lot. Dope. I thought it was cool. And, and speaking of a lot. Also, we have uh, 21 Savage. I am is greater than I was. And I only listened to a little bit of it. But really from what he does have like a like an ass and titties tribute song on like the ass yeah, and titties ass and titties <laughs> he, he does have that on here okay. but um i think the main track which i'm sure you've listened to is the one featuring j cole a lot yeah yeah that's a that's a good record uh, i like it it's a very good record and i was listening to it again and j cole absolutely murders that track yeah. i still don't know why some people hate j cole i get it that they don't like his music but you can't uh, yeah. knock his bars yo i think he can just, I think it's more about image, you know, than, than it is about music. Because, I mean, I don't know how you could, you could hate at this point. But that's a really good record. Um, I like, I, I love the beat on it. And uh, 21 Savage is okay. You know what I will say, though? Because um, I was talking about the Ass and Titties record. It makes me think that, like, he's got some funny lines on this album. And I think that sometimes we old heads, well, maybe I'll just speak for myself. 
I kind of look at some of these younger rappers and I think that they know that they're trolling us. Mm. But I think I might be too harsh. I actually think that in their minds, they think they can legitimately spit. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a knock. Um, that might sound like, a, you know, shots fired, but, I, you know, he sounds like a young Juicy J, mm. who at the time back in the 90s, I was like laughing. Like, I didn't like 3-6 in the 90s. Right. But like I have an appreciation for them now, and I think that a lot of these younger cats who who rap like Twenty One Savage, like I don't think that they are trolling. I think they legitimately think that they can spit, and I'm, I I don't agree with them, but I can't knock it either. I'm gonna be honest, man. I think um, I really wish a lot of these cats took a little bit more care to their craft, yeah. right? And you know, like Twenty One Savage is a perfect example. You know, his shit sounds. Like he recorded it in his basement and then didn't pay for somebody to master it, right? Like, I mean, like his records don't sound like fully completed thoughts and ideas. Like, you know, we we, we talked a little bit about Post Malone and we didn't have positive things to say about him. But, you know, an alternative to it, a Post Malone record sounds good, right? Like, like he paid he paid to make sure that the mix sounds good. You know, all the instruments are where they're supposed to be. Um, right. He puts auto-tune on his voice so that, you know, it, it, it sounds okay. Like, 21 Savage, a lot of the stuff that I've heard from him, it just sounds like they use the term SoundCloud rapper or whatever, right? Like, it, it, it doesn't sound like he takes his craft seriously. And for somebody to not have bars and then also sound like they don't take their craft seriously... I'm not going to waste my time like trying to digest what you're putting out there personally. I think that's fair. But, you know, the album, the name of the album is I Am Is Greater Than yeah. Who I, I Was. And a lot is a good record. Yeah. There were some other records on here that I think that he's actually, I, I hear signs of him taking it serious. And we also know that one of the reasons why he even got picked up by immigration or whatever was because... The rumor is is that he was actually trying to do like a, a lot of positive things in the community, and that's when they were like, "Oh, okay, Yo, you want to so, talk about some real shit? So we're gonna lock you up now." So this is a great topic. Do you think that that's true? Because I mean, you know, Bill Bill Cosby was gonna buy Universal. This person was yeah. gonna, like, I feel like now we're starting to get the, to this narrative or this point where every time somebody that we like or somebody that's black is victimized in any way or or you know has some sort of a legal issue then it's like oh well they were about to do this right so so i he got up there and said fuck donald trump didn't he what did he yo, do he did yg said fuck donald trump yg is chilling yeah, so but they, i mean like yeah but they couldn't they couldn't get it maybe they don't have anything on yg man i just I, you know so you really think that donald trump heard that that some rapper from atlanta maybe said something about him and then was like let's dig into this rapper's past and then had the cia do it right i hear your i hear your point but the timing of it when he gets on stage and he talks about the kids getting locked up mm -hmm. right like uh at the border because i think that's what the issue but every was. democrat yeah. has talked about the kids getting locked up at the border yeah i'm just saying though i'm just saying they had ample opportunity to lock him up in the past 21 savage has been a relevant rapper for a while right. But he's never like been outspoken like this. And the moment he gets outspoken, they lock him up. It is worth now. Supposedly, what happened was he and a friend got picked up. Something happened where like I I don't remember. And now now I feel bad because I I probably should know this. But him and a friend got picked up. The friend did something wrong, 
right? Like the friend, the uh, friend, is that what happened? The, the, yeah, the friend was a drug dealer or something, right? So him and the mm. friend get picked up. When the police pick them up, they run their background information on both of these people, right? Because he uh, was he was in a, he was there. He he wasn't involved in whatever the crime was, but he was there. So at that point in time, when they do, you know, when they run his file, they see that his immigration has lapsed for for quite some time, and then uh, you know. Gotcha. So th- this is what I heard in terms of at least the the oh, the way the mechanism that they use to discover that you know he was here illegally or whatever but then you know i start hearing all this like oh he said he's tried to turn his life around and then the illuminati came and got him you know like i'm (laughs) just like all right they said the same thing about x right they're like well maybe it was a hired assassination because he tried to turn his life around and decided to make good music and he gave some kid two thousand dollars on camera so you know then the government came and assassinated him and i'm just like do we really believe all these conspiracy theories or do we just like people i'm just saying i'm just saying it was worth asking the question that's all i'm saying I do believe that about Bill Cosby, though. Uh, that he was going to buy something, and so they put him... No, out. Well, so, and, and just so that we're clear, I don't believe that Bill Cosby is innocent. I believe that he does belong in jail. Mm-hmm. But I do think, though, that for the longest time, Bill Cosby and others like him, because mm-hmm. I don't think he's the only one, it was probably known in those circles that they were doing, exhibiting this type of behavior, right? Okay. Uh, you know, having... Uh, being a predator with women, um, you know, uh, drugging them, all that. Like, I don't think he's the only one who did what he did. I think, though, that the moment that it, it came out that he was trying to buy something, whatever layers that were there to protect him probably said, oh, no, we don't need to protect you anymore. Mm-hmm. That's my little conspiracy theory take. Yeah. You know what I mean? And again, that's not a defense for Bill Cosby. I'm just saying that I have heard that story mm-hmm. about, I think it was NBC. Not yeah, Universal, something I just, I just threw out. A, a, I have heard that story that we're like, oh, no, Bill Cosby is innocent because he was trying to buy NBC. And so they're, they have it out against uh-huh. him. And I've always been of the mindset. I'm like, I don't understand why both of those stories can't both be true at the same time. Yeah. So I think that's NBC I think is universal, by the way. But anyway, Is that what it is? Um, okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, that's it for uh, December, at least with the albums I'm going to talk about. Right. Um, and in January, a feature album came out. I listened to it, and a feature album came out. That's yeah, I didn't. That's all I have to say about it. A feature album came out. <laughs> I didn't even listen to it, so I, I don't even. Uh, you, know, it's have you ever heard a feature album? Yeah. All right then. Um, yeah, you I heard, heard the uh, <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> you heard that's that's the point I'm trying to say. Yeah. You heard a feature album, you've heard it. But uh, you told me that you listened to this Boogie project. Yeah, I right? listened to this project by Boogie. Boogie's a Compton kid. I think he's really talented. It's it's funny because there's a few, there's like three different people that are coming out of LA, kind of making music that I, I you know I, I kind of have on my radar, which is Boogie Buddy, who I mentioned, who did the project with K Tronada. And Budgie, yeah. who is like this producer from London who put together an album of production with Alchemist. Mm, that yeah. sounds like it could be yeah, dope. Yeah, it's dope. Like he's got this song called uh, In and Out. Um, and it's like him talking about this, how this girl from London comes to visit him in LA for the first time. And he's going to take her to In and Out. And he's going to take her to like all these places in LA to see, uh-huh. see, you know, what LA life is like or whatever. But um, the samples are all gospel record chops. So, I mean, it's just stuff like that interests me. Um, but anyway, back to Boogie. Boogie's signed to um, Shady Aftermath. He's signed to, to Eminem. He has a really dope project here. He comes from a blood neighborhood, so I thought his artwork was really dope. His artwork is like, I think it's like him in a casket in all red, 
and the casket is red, and then all of the ushers have like the white or the the um what do you call the people who carry the casket? Pallbearers. That's right. So all the pallbearers have like like red on, but then they have these white gloves. The imagery is 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 dope. And so he's got an Eminem feature on here, which I thought was interesting because he, you know, again he makes like this really you know deep song. I think it's about like. I don't know something about life, and then Eminem comes on and does his like spiritual miracle lyrical, and you're just like, oh god, I, I'm sorry. I think I, I think I'm, I'm I'm done with Eminem in terms of I think I don't I don't think he has it anymore as a lyricist, and I'm sorry. Like if he if he goes back to doing freeform shit, like he you know he wants to go go on sway. That's what I was suggesting. Right, go on sway yeah. and do bars. I love it, but like I don't want to hear him on on. On projects trying to talk about subject matter anymore. I think I'm good. No, I don't want to hear Eminem music anymore. <laughs> I, the only time th- I was talking about this when we were talking about revival and kamikaze or whatever. Yeah. I, to me, the only Eminem project I'm interested in listening to is you, you throw in a beat, a nice, catchy, repetitive freestyle beat, and he just spits about anything he writes. No subject matter. Don't give me a message. Just yep. give me bars that I want to hear. Clever wordplay. That's the only thing. That's the only Eminem I'm interested in listening to. I'm not interested in listening to anything else. Yeah, but Boogie you is know. interesting because it, it also just, his project, it just kind of shows that I think Eminem is also fully California Eminem now, you know? Okay. Um, because, I mean, like, wh- like, why would Eminem sign, like, a random artist from Compton, you know, like, like their styles aren't similar or anything like that. But uh, but I think Boogie's right. dope. I think he has some, you know, he has some bars here about depression and about growing up in California and et cetera. The project was pretty dope. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So in February, there's actually quite a few projects here that might be worth, you know, talking about or listening to. Okay. You know, you got a, a Sean Price project on here. There's a Wiz Khalifa Currency on here. I should have listened to um, that. The Papoose has an album. Giggs, Giggs is your boy, right? And Gunna. They have uh, they have albums coming out in February. I fucking hate Giggs, dog. Oh, oh so it was a Gunna that did you like? I don't I like or dislike one. him. He's fine. I just, I think he's fu- he's funny. But uh, Giggs is the okay. dude from London uh, who keeps ruining oh, like, yes. projects. Oh, yeah. No, he's trash. He's so trash. He's, he's trash. The worst. To okay. me, he's the worst rapper in the world. If I, if I had to choose one, it would be Giggs. Well, the only project that I did listen to was Zarface and Ghostface Killer. Mm, and was it, was, it was cool. Probably just sounded like all the rest of their shit. Yeah, it, which to me i like because it's the same thing kind of like with method man that mm. you know there's no pressure for them to be trendsetters anymore mm. they can just go out there and make the music that they want to make right. and they still have enough of a following that people like me are going to listen to right. it and i did listen to it and i did enjoy okay. it i still think that inspector deck has bars mm. one thing i will say is that inspector deck's flow and delivery are not as crisp as it used to be oh, wow. his delivery used to be perfect yeah, yeah, he shot. didn't miss a beat and every like offbeat he hit mm-hmm. made sense yeah. you can tell now as he's aged and maybe the tempo of the music yeah, is, is a little bit slower now mm-hmm. but you can tell as he's aged it's like oh this is not the same sharp delivery that inspector deck used to have right. which is a little disheartening because you know i was just listening to the method man project and method man can still spit yeah. you know what i mean he can he can still go but I, I listened to that project. Um, the beats were cool. Ghostface is on there. Uh, Esoteric 
whatnot. This is a nice little twelve track album, so um, I might even listen to it again. It, I, I liked enough of it that, that I. You know, it's interesting I'll go back that you say that because you know, um, I guess it, this wouldn't be an '80s Babies podcast uh, episode yeah. without mentioning Panama, but. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Panama. You know, posted about uh, you know our our sound bombing episode, and then and then yes, you know, we kind of got into this whole rabbit hole of rapper names, and then we started talking about Wu, and then we started talking about You God and how angry You God oh, is because you know these random Wu Tang syndicate groups that like you know were offshoots of the Wu you know got at the attention of rizza prior to you god and some of the other people in the group i wonder if inspector deck feels the same way because actually inspector deck was heavily anticipated in this time frame and yeah. uh, you know we talked about how the flood supposedly impacted his initial album but i wonder yeah. if he also kind of feels like if he had been able to you know get the attention to be in that original string of albums that rizza and the wu-tang you know released if his, yeah. his future would have been different because you know i mean he was a legitimate star as an mc at the time he right? was he was he was the cat along with met the man that everybody is like oh deck is on this right. feature i gotta exactly. listen to it and i think that it's really unfortunate what happened with the flood because mm -hmm. he has an album coming out i want to say in is it 99 or 2000 the um, yeah, i think it was 99. uncontrolled substance right is 99 so it's going to come out i think in the fall mm -hmm of this year and uh, you and i were planning to do a, a make it a classic on that so we could definitely touch more on that subject when, when we discuss that album but yeah he was definitely like in terms of like spitters and lyricists you know inspector deck was an a-lister right. at that time you know what i mean he was someone you wanted on your track um and so for him to not get that album yes he has a legitimate because right. we look at how how mad you got is right but it's like you got you're not you're not you got has though, no right you know you're not good though like <laughs> like yo so i was i was at a wedding uh in jamaica and uh i'm not sure if you remember k rich remember the last time we were at my house and we were watching belly right. and k rich was in the basement talking about how like a junior g unit was so much better than wu-tang <laughs> whatever right that conversation resurfaced still the most ridiculous thing anybody's ever said in their life but yeah but here's the thing though the one name he kept mentioning from the wu-tang clan was you god and we're all like every like everybody else in the room they're not even wu-tang fans but they're like yo come on like you, we know you god sucks okay wu-tang knows he's not good like we know this risen knew this like it's it's not fair to have that anchor represent the greatness that was it was pretty much everybody else you know what i mean so i, I don't know if you've read it yet but uh read you guys book though it's interesting i think I think to some degree, right, we all have the base narcissism of seeing things through our own our own lens and our own eyes. Sure. But like in a way, like he talks about like low key, like almost him being the reason why Raekwon didn't quit rapping and like him being like the the guy behind like pushing Method Man out to like become like a like a front man for Wu Tang and like and there was somebody else I think who he basically said that he'd like taught to rap. I I, I hope it wasn't Method Man, but but, well, uh, but it's not. just interesting, obviously you know not. that it's Method know. Man was born to rap. <laughs> He's one of the few people I yeah. think that just like just naturally born to rap. Yeah. Whereas like I don't think Jay Z was born to rap. Right. Like even Andre Three Thousand, the two cats who I think are better, like way better than Method mm -hmm. Man. I, I don't think we're born to mm -hmm. rap. Like Method Man just was yeah, I agree. with the voice and with the flow. 
Um, yeah. He's so educated as well. Mm-hmm. Like I, I go back and I and I listen to some of his lyrics and I'm like, why do you why are you dropping some Shakespeare reference right now? Like I don't, <laughs> I, I I don't understand why you know all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But um, anyway, the, the yeah. God thing is 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 funny and interesting. But but you know, back to Deck. Like I wonder if Deck kind of harbors some of those feelings because I think he might. If Deck and, got, and I think he he should. If Deck got like that that initial push. I think his life trajectory would have been different. It probably would have, yeah. especially because Deck is one of those who look most of the time he kind of just raps about like he battle raps to whoever's listening, mm-hmm. right? Most of the time that's what he raps about. Mm-hmm. But we also have to remember that he, you know, he's got the the follow-up verse on Cash Rules Everything Around right. Me. Uh, I think it's he's got the who's got the first I forget if it's Raekwon or Deck. Ray. So as and then it goes to Deck. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so whenever Deck wants to drop some real dope shit, like with some meaning, some purpose, he murders I it. I think he struggled a, lo- a little bit with it on the loud, the, the uncontrolled substance. But the other well, sure. thing that we have to keep in mind, right, is in that original string of albums, those were technically solo albums, but they were really Wu-Tang yeah. albums. So like for Wu-Tang us albums, to be yeah. able to have like Deck in an environment where the pressure isn't all the way on him, but like it's a collaborative process. I think it w- it, he could have really created something great in that environment. Yeah, and that's the problem with uncontrolled substance. Yeah. Again, we'll talk about this more in depth. But I just a quick point here is that that was one that was kind of disjointed. Yeah. You know, you, you didn't have RZA. I'm not even. Sh- I think RZA only had like a couple beats on there. Yeah. True Master only had a couple beats, and you didn't have the litany of Wu Tang features right. that you would have had for Method Man's project, exactly. ODB's project, Jizza, Raekwon, right. Ghost for those projects. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that definitely kind of suffered. But <laughs> I do like that he can continue to make music under the Czar face, you know, partnership, whatever. I, I think it's cool. And if you are fans of that, like, it's just, you know, they're not giving you, they're not trying to to make you like it. it they're just making something so that's who, cool. So who is Czar face? So Czar face, I want to say is, um, who's Czar face? So it's, it's esoteric. Inspector Deck and then a producer. I forget, it's like mm. not 7XL or 7L 7L? or something like that. I, is that is so that is that Seven L and Esoteric were were a group uh, in the in the nineties. So is it Seven L and Esoteric with Inspector Deck? Is Seven L the producer yeah. and Esoteric is the MC? Yep. Yes. Then yes. Okay. So Zarface is the is that duo plus Inspector uh, Deck. Okay. And this album also features Ghostface Killer. Oh, dope, dope. That actually sounds yeah, dope. So, I, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, it's 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 cool. I didn't it's even cool. know it's Inspector Deck was still doing stuff. So yes. Yeah, I'm definitely. Yeah, he, check he it still out. has bars. Yeah. He still has bars. But it's like uh, it's like Ibrahim's. Um, uh, remember that project that he did? Uh, the Purple Hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's like that kind of stuff. Mm. It's, it's 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 very good in its lane. And it's it's not gonna be hot. You're not gonna hear it on the radio, or whatever. Right. But if you're a fan of of, of these well, MCs, of you'll them. like this so, project. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely so, check yeah. it out. I, I I was not a huge Seven L and Esoteric fan, but I'm Esoteric but I actually am, got some yeah, bars on here. But though. I am a Deck fan. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. All right. Well, that will pretty much wrap it up. It's a real quick segment, at least in terms of the music from 2019. Right. But uh, I think in the springtime, we have some albums to talk about because Anderson Pac dropped that Ventura, yeah. whatever. And there's some other projects. We could also talk about the Wu-Tang documentary. Yeah. Uh, we could also talk about some things that, that, that happened uh, that were released in the spring. So yeah, nah, um, hopefully we'll try to get that, that episode out to you soon. Mm. But yeah. So I think that should should wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, we gotta jump got? on another make it a classic uh here in the near future. I know we kicked around some names. Maybe we should pull out there and see what people think. Okay. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Anything else? Nah, I think that should wrap it up. All right, peace. Peace. peace.
yeah, just bounce around. All my niggas in the place need to bounce around. Just bounce around, make it bounce around. All my bitches in the place need to bounce around. Make it bounce around, I make it bounce around. Shake your titties in your ass and bounce around. Just bounce around, just bounce around. Come on, yeah, nigga, this shit here be the varsity. None of y'all niggas is ready, run, go see the pharmacy. Prepare for the coming of another grand larceny. Pardon me, y'all niggas ain't even a little hard to me. Shit, I spit a slice you all up in your main artery. For the simple fact we ain't grow together, you ain't a part of me. Make your niggas rhyme along, start singing the choruses. Open offices, then go copping a couple fortresses. Meet a couple Doloreses. Travel when we on the low, whipping in four Tauruses. Hey, yo, 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 yo. Now I be Buster Rhyme Multimedia. Latest edition added to the street encyclopedia. Keep your eyes on greedy niggas getting greedier. Keep your eyes on media asses getting media. Worldwide publication, bring tribulation to all whack niggas. I smash with dedication. My purpose is to purchase and really hurt this. Bring all of my niggas amongst the wealthy merchants. Gently we conquer the spot until it's empty. Resent me, my niggas with awesome run plenty. Break fools, send you to school, follow the rule. Violate my toe, lay you in your own blood pool. But for now, I drop jewel on the mentally strong. What shit to say they don't allow niggas to say up in a song. Ayo, hey, ayo, hey, hot shit make it get bounce. One, two, two. Got around in large amounts. One, two, two. You high off a half an ounce. One, two, two. A one, two, two, two. A one, two, two. Hot shit making you bounce. One, two, two. Got around in large amounts. One, two, two. You high off a half an ounce. One, two, two. A one, two. To Caliente, wearing Sergio Valente. Shorty whipping in the meat to be she Diamante. Smell the roses, overdoses. Giving niggas their diagnosis. I got the answer for niggas who need their prognosis. Shit for all of y'all niggas to smell up in your noses. Hocus pocus, introduce me to the hostess. I was dying a stroke, a play strip poker. In the limo as I directed the limo.